This is the Fantasy Fast Track with Brandon Funston and Brad Evans. Ready, set, go! This is a Fantasy Fast Track podcast. Brad the Big Noise Evans here joined by Senior Fun Buns, Brandon Funston. And we're talking first year signal callers, a very talented rookie quarterback class uh, about to endure their first training camps in the NFL before we get a breakdown in our Fantasy Five uh, today here, Brandon. Uh, I want to briefly discuss Offensive Rookie of the Year odds. I'm pulling these from DraftKings right now. You know, usual suspects involved here. Trevor Lawrence at 3-1. to one, uh, Kyle Pitts at plus 750. Justin Fields now, kind of an odd number, plus 775. Trey Lance at 8-1. to one. Najee Harris also at 8-1. to one. Zach Wilson and Mac Jones at 10-1, to one, along with Jamar Chase at 10-1, to one, and it goes down from there. Uh, anybody in particular that really stands out to you? Maybe you got a deeper thought. Maybe Michael Carter at 25-1. to one. Who wet your oh, whistle? You know, you know. What is Michael Carter, 25-1, to one, you said? Yeah. Yeah, Trey Sermon's 33 to 1. I mean, there's some interesting values as you go down this list. Yeah, I mean, I always have been talking Michael Carter, but I mean, I we both agree that it's not going to be long for him to kind of take over in that backfield from from Tevin Coleman, who brings the institutional knowledge of the San Francisco system, but um, you know, there could be sort of an Austin Eckler type of, uh, you know, arrangement here where he's catching a ton of passes. We don't think they're going to be a, a great team right away. They'll probably be chasing on the scoreboard a decent amount. And he's best positioned uh, to be that main receiving weapon out of the backfield. But I think he's also the best runner there, too. That's one thing that gets lost about Michael Carter is just watch his tape. That's, this guy has patience and vision, and he's slippery between the tackles and finding that just that sliver of daylight and going with it. Yeah, he's a buttered squirrel, isn't he, yeah. at times? Yeah, yeah like he's kind of short, stocky, elusive, uh, can squeeze into some of those tight spaces. I mean, he did that at North Carolina alongside <laughs> juggernaut Javante Williams, my guy. Uh, unfortunately, the odds have shrunk on him. He's at 18-1 to to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think he was 40-1 to um, before he was drafted by the Denver Broncos, and that just kind of changed the narrative overall. But, man, Brandon, we're hearing some rumblings in the Mile High City that Javante could be the dude week one for this Broncos club with Melvin Gordon maybe being more of a secondary complementary option in this backfield. And, in, you know, whether it's uh, Teddy Bridgewater or, you know, it's doubtful it's going to be some complicated fella uh, makes the March West. I still like Javante Williams to be that guy. Remember, he forced a missed tackle 48.4% of the time last season for the Tar Heels. So keep an eye on he uh, and how he performs along with Michael Carter and some of these other guys in their respective NFL training camps and preseasons. With that, without further ado, let's get to it with today's Fantasy Five. Number five. All right, Brandon, um, we're doing quarterbacks today and breaking it down from a fantasy football perspective. And some of us uh, are, you know, flag flying members of hashtag Team Huevos, not Team Raisins. And we like to play in Superflex or two quarterback formats. You and I just finished up the Scott Fishbowl drafts uh, that we were in. And uh, one of these guys I did select, actually, I selected both of them. Now I think about it on my team. Davis Mills, 
formerly the Stanford Cardinal. Uh, now I remember the Houston Texans and all the turmoil and upheaval that they were going to experience and Deshaun Watson likely done there. And Mac Jones of the New England Patriots, a reigning national champ at the college football level, who led all Division I passers a season ago and adjusted completion percentage. If you're a betting man, who do you think is going to make the bigger impact and who do you think will be under center first for his respective club, Jones or Mills? Uh, I will. It's it's Jones all the way, and I don't even think it's close. I I think I think Davis Mills is in a as bad a situation as we saw any of the Adam Gase Jets teams in terms. Wait of, wait wait. Of, wait you mean the high the school coach that is Adam Gase? Yes, exactly. The high school coach Adam Gase, um, and I think Davis Mills, like you know, comes. Again, the West Coast system. I, 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 I get like visions of like Nate Peterman, who was who came into the <laughs> league as kind of like, oh, he can run a West Coast offense. You know, he's pretty good. Drafted a little bit later, and what did he have? Like five interceptions in one in half. one game. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I'll be honest. Like in the Scott Fishbowl, I almost got Mac Jones as like my third quarterback, and I was going to be ecstatic. Uh, I think he could be a Week One starter. You're hearing a lot of good yep. reports that he already knows the offense. Um, that I, I I forget who was saying it that they think that they're the 49ers are going to regret not taking Mac Jones, which I don't know that that's going to be the case. But look at I, I you know where I stand on Cam Newton as a passer, and I think he is just uh, you know regressing and regressing each year. I think the injuries have kind of piled up on him, and and they know he's not the answer there. So you might as well get to the next guy as the potential answer, and that's why I think Mac Jones will ascend to the starting position maybe by week one. Yeah, look, if you're in a really crazy deep league and it's a two-quarterback format, I mean, Mills is worth a roster spot because you're probably going to get a handful of starts, maybe even more than that this season. But he didn't throw hardly downfield last year with Stanford. It was outside the top 75 and total deep yards and average depth of target. But you look at Mac Jones. I'm with you, man. I think there is a very real possibility he will be the starting quarterback week one uh, for this New England Patriots team. And you might say, well, the cupboard's rather bare in terms of the weapons around him, but I mean, yeah, he's got a, a dad bod. We understand that. He's sausage carved, you know, similar to me. I see a lot of myself in Mac Jones, except he's a hell of a lot younger and, and far wealthier. Uh, but he was number one in deep yards at the FBS level last season, 1,355. And, you know, you might say, well, he, he benefited from the talent around him. Sure. The guy can twirl it, man. On time, accurate, all fields. I think people are underestimating uh, his reads, his progressions, his command. Uh, and you're right. I think Cam Newton may be a cut casualty when it's all said and done. And even if they go full-blown QBBC and Mac Jones is in between the 20s and Cam comes in and plays kind of like a Taysom Hill role inside the five-yard line where he's most effective, yeah, that kind of you know belittles some of the value potential of Mac Jones. But, dude, I'm all in on Jones as a third quarterback option in a two-quarterback setting. So you yeah. and I very much on the same page there. By the way, I mean, Dan Marino, Big Ben, they, they can be classified as, as dad bods. So <laughs> it's okay. You can have success as with a dad bod. Well, Dan Marino, though, better tan than all of us. Uh, yeah. We can say that. Uh, and hair as well. Well, and, and the and hands isotoners. covered in the isotoners, making sure the hands are nice, you know, almost like a hand model. So, yeah, they had a lot going for him. Well, and plus, he's a movie star. I mean, his role in Ace Ventura was uh, worthy of every Oscar <laughs> ever handed out in the history of film. So, there you go. Mac Jones to the moon. You might want to wait, though, on Davis Mills. 
number four. All right, let's move on and let's talk about the New York Jets' new shiny toy, and that is one Zach Wilson, a guy that I have jokingly said, uh, Brandon, looks like a maitre d' at the local Outback Steakhouse in your neck of the woods. Uh, Bloomin' Onions, by the way, delicious. A uh, guy that, you know, his workouts were spectacular. Uh, he's got a big arm. He can throw it all over the place. Uh, you know, he's shown at times at BYU, you know, obviously showcasing that cannon arm. He's got great command, can take over games. There's a little bit of hesitancy, a little bit of reluctancy with me, though, with Zach Wilson uh, coming in and being a big impact player. But he doesn't have any competition. He's got a long leash. He's the guy. Uh, they're going to ride it out with him through all the lumps he's going to take in year one. How harsh are those lumps going to be in your estimation? Yeah, this is tough because, we're again, it's no longer Adam Gase. It's not fair to, to view this Jets territory in, with that lens. But I get he's a brash guy, and, and for some reason in my head I go to Baker Mayfield or Johnny Manziel where I think those guys that come in, they're, they're arrogant, you know, cocky. It, it's, a good, it's good to have it to a point, but he might have to get humbled a little bit his rookie season. It may work out for him like it did with Baker Mayfield, but I, I think he is – more than anybody, going to have some volatility. He's going to take some lumps along the way. And he's going to, I think, also, you know, he's got a good crew to work with there at the receiving core. They, you know, Denzel Mims and Corey Davis and Jamison Crowder. They drafted Elijah Moore. I mean, they got a lot of guys there. So they're throwing a lot of help around him. And I think he's going to flash that potential. But I think his time is more 2022 than 2021. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, it, there there are some interesting weapons around him. Uh, you mentioned Elijah Moore. I'm a huge fan of his. Uh, you mentioned Michael Carter can catch the ball out of the backfield. I like the investments he made on the offensive line. You know, yeah. adding uh, Elijah Vera Tucker to the mix via the draft. Let's do this. Uh, you know, Zach Wilson's player prop right now for passing touchdowns. You want to venture a guess what it is? Um, 18 and a half. Uh, it is actually drum roll as I'm pulling it up right now. Ooh, much higher than that. Uh, more bullish 21 and a half. Where would you be mm, on that? I actually might, I might come in at 20, uh, or 21. I think he's low twenties. I wouldn't go 22, uh, capable certainly, but I would bet the under. Yeah, I'll be on the under as well. I think it's going to be 19 or 20. I don't think he's going to get it to 21. What about passing yards? For Zach Wilson, again, I'm pulling these lines from DraftKings Sportsbook. It is 3,800.5. Doing some of the quick math here, Brandon, with my calculator because I obviously can't do it in my head. Uh, We are 3,800.5 divided by 17. 223.6 yards per game is what he's got to average. Can he do it? Mm, I'll tell you what, I'll come in slightly under again. Yeah. I think he's like a, about 220, you know, low 220s, and he comes under on this one as well. And certainly, I'm just going to throw it out. It would not shock me at all if he's over. It's just I would bet against it. Yeah, I'm going to bet against it. Give me the under there as well. Let's do it in impromptu game of head-to-head. Tell me you'd rather have in a deep fantasy league, uh, Zach Wilson or Jameis Winston. Um, I, You know what? I'm going to go with Zach Wilson because there's just no, they're just going to give him the longest leash possible, right? Like, so yeah. Jameis Winston, he, he has, you know, some of those games from Tampa where he's just throwing the ball over the yard and it's going to the wrong team a few times. You know, we know Sean Payton's willing to go with Taysom Hill there. All right. Uh, we need a brief answer, not a dissertation. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I'm with you, though. I, I, yeah. I'm in agreement. Uh, give me Zach Wilson. Uh, Zach Wilson or Jared Goffle? I'll go just the experience. I'll go Goff. No, give me Wilson. I hate Jared Goff. Zach Wilson or Sam Darnold? That's a good one right there. The former versus the yep. current. Yep. Uh, I like the weapons of Darnold. I like Joe Brady as a, as the OC. Give me Darnold. Amen. Sam Darnold for me as well. But don't completely hate on Zach Wilson. Number three. All right, let's move on to one of the sexier options. And a guy, you know, we think is going to be under center sooner rather than later. That is Trey Lance of the San Francisco 49ers. A guy making the leap from the FCS level where he dominated in every facet of the game. Reads, progressions, accuracy, touch, ability to stretch plays and make plays with his legs on the ground. Of course, we're talking about Trey Lance. And, you know, we're hearing some rumors out of the Bay Area that maybe he is going to be the guy. Like, you know, Steve Young has said it this offseason. What everything he's read, everything he's heard is the same stuff we've heard, we've read. And, you know, we're not a Hall of Famer. Uh, we're not, you know, a product of BYU like Steve Young. Uh, but we are products of the fantasy community and we are consumers of all things information. And everything is not talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. Everything seems to be talking about Trey Lance. And how much they love this kid, you know, maybe passing up Mac Jones to get him. But when do you expect to see Lance? When are you willing to take him? Let me let me cue it up this way, Brandon. Trey Lance right now, average draft position fantasy leagues is quarterback 26, 161.95. Sandwich in between Derek Carr and the aforementioned Sam Darnold. Overvalued, undervalued, or properly valued? I would take Derek Carr ahead of him. I would not take Sam Darnold ahead of him. He's a little bit of a lottery ticket. He's in one of the best environments in the league. And if I'm betting on uh, a rookie of the year candidate, what do you say he was, 10 to 1? Yeah, 10 to 1. I would bet on him because if he's good, he has the best team. And he's taking his team probably farther than anybody else on this list at quarterback. And that's going to that's gonna weigh – you know, quarterbacks are going to get the uh, – going to get the attention of the voters and quarterbacks that take teams to the playoffs are going to get the attention of the voters. So I think Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback until they feel comfortable that Trey Lance understands the offense. And then they're going to make the switch because they're going to win, whether it's Garoppolo or Trey Lance. But the question is, is who can take them farther? I think they want Trey Lance to be when he's ready to start. Like he want, they want him to know this offense, having looked at the things from the sidelines and be ready to go. So I'm guessing he could be an October or early November starter. It might take close to half a season before he gets there. I think it's going to happen in September, man. Uh, at some point, I really do. Uh, our buddy Mike Clay at ESPN has got him projected for 13 games with uh, 2,640 passing yards, 17 passing touchdowns, nine picks. But here's where it gets so sexy, and I'm dripping just thinking about this, Brandon. <laughs> 467 rush yards and five rushing TDs. I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. Uh, he is going to be the ultimate late-round lottery ticket. If you scratch him off in your league, it could come up with crowns across the board. That means a championship, folks. I think Trey Lance is a better version of what Jalen Hurts was late last year. So I'm all, exactly. in. Yeah. all in. That's the comp I'm making, and Jalen Hurts is going as like a top nine quarterback right now. You could get that in Trey Lance as soon as he becomes the starter. Yeah, our Canadian friends, make some loonies with Lance. Stick around for our deep dive thoughts on Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence and fantasy football this season. Number two. All 
right, uh, let's go ahead and dive in on my guy, Justin Fields. And if you look at Fields, you know, we've been talking about this on the SiriusXM uh, fantasy show, Brandon. Uh, we have theme songs that we attach to certain players that we love. And I have attached Your Love by the Outfield to Justin. Mm-hmm. I don't want to use your love tonight. You don't want to lose it. And I just want to use his love, uh, you know, in every instance that I can now, Matt Nagy's already come out and said, hey, uh, Andy Dalton is going to be our guy. Uh, and he's not even entertaining a quarterback competition in training camp, which I find asinine and just generally absurd. So what's your best guess on when Fields is going to take command of this team? And when he does, uh, where would you rank him rest of season from that point on? I would rank him probably in the same kind of range as Trey Lance. They're going to both have the ability to, to hurt you with their legs. I, I think Justin Fields has got the better passing upside, obviously, but he doesn't have the better passing weapons in the passing environment and the better better coach to kind of foster that. So I would rank him behind Trey Lance uh, for for that reason. But I think he's I think he's in there probably as soon as Andy Dalton loses two games in a row or has an ultimate stinker early on uh, first uh, I, half Rams opener right. Sunday night football. Look at go back to the chargers last year. They were saying the same thing about Terod Taylor. He's our guy. Of course he hurt himself, but um, then I, I feel better about what Justin Fields brings to the table than that. I felt about Justin Herbert last year. So I, I think just uh, Justin Fields, as soon as he's in there, he, he very conceivably hit, hits the ground running. I wish they had a little bit deeper receiving core. I love Allen Robinson. He's a great guy paired with Justin Fields' arm. He can go up and get contested passes. Same with Darnell Mooney, who is just a blazer. Yeah. And so you can just throw it deep and have him run things down. Cole Komet is is a guy that I I took in the Scott Fishbowl League, and I'm kind of excited about him. He could have a real, real upside uh, as that kind of middle-of-the-field monolithic target, but I just wish they had maybe a little bit more out of the slot. Anthony Miller hasn't worked out. I wish they, maybe there's a cut casualty uh, or like a Jamison Crowder, a Jamison Crowder. That would, that be, would be an ideal offense. fit. That'd be an upgrade over Anthony Miller out of the slot. Yeah, for sure. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great call. Keep close tabs on that one. Again, our friend Mike Clay ESPN is kind of projected for 15 games, 3,354 passing yards, 18 passing touchdowns, 12 INTs. And again, here's where it gets sexy. Uh, really, the heavy breathing comes into play. 498 <laughs> rushing yards, four total touchdowns. He'll be a top 15 guy. Uh, once he sees his command of this, uh, you know, this gig, and I think it's going to be week four against Detroit at home. That's a nice little tee up scenario where you just crush it out of the park. Uh, and I, I love fields, man, as one of those, again, similar Trey Lance, late round lottery tickets. So let's uh, define it this way. Who would you take in a head to head right now in a fantasy draft, single quarterback league, Justin Fields or Big Ben? Uh, if I'm drafting, this is either my second, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm going to go Justin Fields, man. No, I, I, I take it back. <laughs> it, it just depends on the format. I'll go big Ben. If I'm actually needing to use somebody right out of the gates, if this is my QB two in a super flex, I got to go big Ben, uh, Justin Fields, uh, Justin Fields or Daniel Jones. <laughs> Uh, again, same thing. I'm going to go with anybody who's, who is the starter right now. That's that I have ranked in my top 20. Uh, I'm going to go Daniel Jones. Oh, okay. For me, it's Justin Fields. Uh, last one, Justin Fields, or would you roll the dice into Sean Watson? Oh, uh, here's where I'll go. Justin Fields. I, I, I think it's at least a 10 game suspension. I think you're only going to get at yep. most seven games out of Deshaun Watson. 
Yep, I'm with you there. Justin Fields for me as well. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Number one. All right, last but certainly not least, let's talk about the offensive rookie of the year front runner again at three to one. Uh, it's the new blonde bomber in Jacksonville, one Trevor Lawrence. Uh, what do you think he's going to do this season with DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, Marvin Jones? Is he a top 15 quarterback, Brandon? I think I have him ranked it right there. He might be 14 on my list uh, right about there. But, yeah, I mean, again, I'll go back to Justin Herbert. A lot of uh, – there's some similarities there. But I think, you know, Lawrence is in a better situation. You look at uh, – the X factor here is Urban Meyer. He's going to try to do something weird, you know. But if you look at just the <laughs> <What>, talent <laughs> – Yeah, like Tim Tebow at tight end, exactly. But I love the receivers he has to work with. I love the backfield he has to work with. Get protection up front. You get some good coaching. Uh, I think Trevor Lawrence hits the ground running and has, you know, potentially a Justin Herbert type rookie season. No, I'm with you there. I, I got him ranked, uh, I believe, right now a quarterback 14. I'm a rather big fan of his uh, this year. He can make all the throws. We saw his story career at Clemson. Uh, guy, it's very heady. He's got all the reads and progressions. He can do everything, and he's a, a sneaking scoring duelist. As well, I think it's like 350 yards on the ground, anywhere between three, four, maybe five rushing TDs. Daryl Bevel should help him. You know, Daryl Bevel, his uh, passing offenses the last five years have finished top ten four times, split between Seattle and Detroit. So he's got an established play caller there. But yeah, Urban Meyer is a nincompoop, and he's going to do something silly, and it's going to tick us all off in fantasy land. Uh, so let's do this: uh, over or under 4,050.5 yards for Lawrence in year one. Uh, he would have to average, drum roll, 238.3 yards per game. I think it's about 250 per game. Again, it's not a good defense. They're going to have to throw the ball a fair amount. I think he gets uh, easily over this number. Yeah, I'm with you over there. What about over or under 25.5 passing touchdowns at DraftKings? Ooh, I'll go 25. I'll say he comes just under. Oh, God, just for the sake of argument, give me 26. I'll, you know, you're going to go $1 <laughs> well, on it's me. It's a well-set number. It's a well-set number. And our guy, uh, Mike Clay, has him for 23. So I'm a little bit more bullish than that. Yeah, what's Clay got him at for rush yards? You got it right there in front of you? 288 and three rushing TDs. So I you are the far on off. that. I'll take yeah. the over on that. I think he'll be in the 300s when it's all said and done. So, again, Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, a guy certainly worth – uh, his ADP right now at QB 14, 120.53. Would you take Lawrence or Joe Burrow? Uh, I just I started out this summer going in with uh, with Lawrence, but I've switched it to Joe Burrow. I've got Burrow, uh, Trevor Lawrence, or Matt Ryan. Uh, I will go Burrow, Lawrence, Ryan in that order. Uh, give me Lawrence, last one. Lawrence or Kirk Cousins? Lawrence. Uh, definitely Lawrence for me. And that is a wrap on this edition of the Fantasy Fast Track. Yeah, we're back. Uh, we'll have another episode sometime next week. Follow Funston on Twitter at Brandon Funston. Follow me there at Noisy Juevos. Drop us a rating and a review, would you kindly? And until next time, adios, amigos. <laughs> 